0: You're listening to Badass Lady Folk, a podcast about socially engaged women and NBFEMs kicking buns big and small. I'm your host, Christine Sloan Stoddard. That intro music came from the song Talking Hands by Toxic Moxie out of Richmond, Virginia. As previously mentioned, this is a reboot of my Radio Free Brooklyn show, The Badass Lady Folk of Brooklyn. Now, Quail Bell Press and Productions is producing this podcast for and about incredible women and non-binary femmes from around the world, not just Brooklyn. This episode, my guest is admin, entrepreneur, and volunteer extraordinaire, Laurie Parker. Welcome, Laurie. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this crazy thing with me. Laurie Parker provides administrative and human resources capabilities to the project management construction management team of NIAC Consulting Group, an engineering consulting firm located in the one and only New York City. Laurie currently resides in Concord, North Carolina with Brooklyn, New York being her hometown and always in her heart no matter where she lives with her husband Brian and two daughters ages 25 and 21. Laurie is also the president of Empower Network, currently on Roku, which which was started in August 2020 and is growing with new content every day. Laurie is a strong advocate for her community, woo! And she has experience in coordinating and heading up teams of volunteers to better the community one project at a time. Some of these projects include New York Cares Day for Schools and Volunteers of America's Operation Backpack, and she looks forward to working with the City of Concord to help with any upcoming projects. So I asked Laurie to come onto the podcast because I know her husband, Brian Parker, who's an actor I worked with at the Broadway Comedy Club, and more recently for Soundscape Theater. I'll be dropping our latest project in the show notes, so you can check it out, give it a listen. But Brian also started Empower Network, a Roku channel with Laurie, where you can find a few different Quail Bell projects as well, including previous episodes of Badass Lady Folk. So I started wondering about Laurie, and as I got to know her a little bit more, just on social media, because that's where we live now, I figured, you know what, I need this lady on my podcast. So... Laurie, let's get started with Empower Network, because that is most relevant to what a lot of our listeners are into these days. Uh, We have a lot of different creative folks on the show. How would you describe what Empower is? Empower Network is actually a forum
1: where everyone who is creative can actually drop in content. Now, with the pandemic happening at this time, where many venues of theaters uh, where you would go to see a show were closed you know we you actually had to look for a new way to kind of get your content out and also stream your name out outward to everyone so the starting of the network really just kind of grew out of that and also my husband who is also an actor (laughs) as a creative you know was looking for different ways to kind of sit here and to talk about things whether things that are going on in our within our world. And this was actually the network. And when he actually having it streamed on Roku, it was just actually a great form, platform. And it's, and it's a little different from YouTube, I think.
0: Yeah. How is it different?
1: It's different from YouTube, I feel, in my opinion, because YouTube, you have a lot of different, um, because for advertising, you know, you have to have watch certain commercials unless you buy into the 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 monthly subscription package here at here using roku on any smart tvs that you may have in your home you if you have a smart tv you already have access to roku or if you don't you actually have a roku stick and you're actually able to and look at programs which is actually for if we must be budget conscious as well
0: yeah that's great so how would you describe what you do as president of NPOWER Network?
1: <laughs> That's a great question, Christine. Um, so as the president of NPOWER, of, of Brian is the creative. So he works on all of the shows and all of the creative background, creativeness. Me as the president, I do everything else. I can help solicit and also talk to individuals that actually want to appear on our appear on the network. Um, deal with. Eventually, you know, we would love to as the network ex- expands. We want to be hiring folks, get in the space. So I, as the president, will be doing all of that. So all of the rest of the background work, whereas Brian is the face but I'm kind of in the background, but I'm okay with that because I swear I kind of shine and do my best, my best job.
0: Yeah, so how do you reach out to people you want to appear on the network? What have those conversations been like? <laughs> well, if if you know my husband, Brian, he, he will tell you
1: because he's very out, outgoing, but me, I'm a talker. So I'm always friendly, and anyone that I have a chance to see or if I meet, I'm actually talking about the network. And a lot of times, by talking with friends and family, I just sit there and mention, hey, for example, we have a political show called Head to Head with Brian Parker. And I've actually reached out to friends and family and said, hey, if you have an opinion or if you're things that are going on in our world and our country, why don't you come on the show and just voice your opinion? So I actually kind of talk people up to just kind of say, hey, why don't you come on and join? Or, hey, if you know of things that are going on, especially in the community, we need to sit there and advertise for services. I'm the person who actually does that. So in addition to being the president, I'm kind of like the sales, salesperson, too
0: yeah definitely so how does your day job background your administrative work relate to what you're doing for npower
1: so um it actually Cole, it it actually relates great <laughs> and it relates in the same way so i've actually been um, an administrative assistant or executive assistant for over 20 years So, and I've worked in different industries, including advertising, non-for-profit, and financial services. So in working with either groups of teams or even any executives, I'm always organizing somebody's life, (laughs) making sure that they are on time fed and where they're supposed to be, that they have the materials they're getting to where the to and from. So that is my Job of what I normally do in my normal day to day, so I just feel that that is just an an outward, um, an outlet, an outward that I just already am a person who I'm always behind somebody or just trying to get someone to do better. So it just easily translates to what I do and at in power.
0: Yeah, that sounds very much like the same or similar kind of thing. So. What hand do you have in scheduling the live stream, in doing the programming? Is that something that you mostly do, Brian does, you do it together?
1: Brian does most of the programming, but I chime in and say, well, hey, if there's any content, especially because we get content from from all from everywhere around the world and like people that are adding and sending us videos. So we kind of watch, we watch them together. And then I also offer my opinion. He does most of the heavy lifting, but you know, some things I can say, Hey, why don't you do this?
0: Yeah. Have you worked on any kinds of projects with Brian before or is this your first project together? Uh, This is actually our
1: first project together. Um, I guess I I can say that when I think of a a very funny story, when Brian and I got together and he told me that he loved to be an actor and he was really, this is something that he wanted to do and this was his passion that he had as a child and, and he never got a chance to pursue it. So when he came to me about this and he said, this is something that I want to do and I want to start doing background work, I was just like, okay. Because I totally believe in what he does. And like, you know, if he's going to go out for it, that's what he's going to do. So I know with his content and what he's trying to do, I just want to be there to be supportive and then to also help and to grow. And then eventually as the program and as the network expands, you know, I feel that I can actually get some of my own little pet projects, um, some some of the community things that I'd like to be doing, to have that on the network, to have that posted so people can see things that
0: are going on the community. Yeah. Well, let's get to some of that. So tell me about your volunteer work. I'm curious, like for instance, what sort of volunteer work you did for New York cares day for schools. Sure.
1: So New York cares day for schools is actually a very, is very important to me. Um, It is a great program that I actually had actually started as a volunteer with a couple of um, a previous employer so you know there's always with this and and then with my previous employer i actually had belonged to an employee resource group so in working with that employee resource group you know that they do their spring projects and what they do so how i got to know about new york cares day for schools is actually going into neighborhoods especially in new york city that actually had school in schools that were very that needed help they needed um work on their desks painting of their cafeteria um, helping out sort the library or putting in new books. So that was something that was really important to me. Um, I feel that as I'm not, I'm not an educator, but I really feel that education is important because you always need to still keep learning. So that was actually how I found out about New York Cares and actually have gone, have taken my New York Cares love for, the, for, for that program to to every other job I've ever had. So I've actually started and always had a group that we did a volunteer, whether it was in the springtime or in the fall time, we've always done a project.
0: Yeah, so what are some of the specific projects? You mentioned like painting the cafeteria. So would you go mm-hmm. into a school and then spend all day doing that? Or how does it work? Yes. So on that particular
1: day for New York Care Stage for Schools, what we would do is you are then assigned to, you have a choice. Um, you would get, first of all, I would be the team captain to where I would get different volunteers, whether they were um, within the um, organization that I was working for at the time. In addition to the organization, I also had families and friends that were available on that particular Saturday. We then had decided um, what borough we wanted to actually have the program, the um, the project be in? We pick one of the boroughs, and then that's and then they give you the listing of the schools. Once we have the school that's there, on that Saturday, on the we we come in, and then we have a great um <laughs> a great team meeting where everybody gets riled up for the day, and then you get assigned the project. Um, Within the last project that I did for New York Cares, we were assigned um, a school that was up in Harlem. Um, It was County Cullen. um, It was a middle school. And that middle school was actually in the the area of Harlem that was in between three um, domestic violence shelters. So a lot of the children that actually went to that particular school, their reading scores were in the were, were very low. Um, it actually was it was slated at one point to be closed, but the principal who I actually had a connection and I actually met her a couple of times, she actually had turned the school around. So in that, pro- in, in that project, what we did is we ended up um, painting the cafeteria we also painted the, the library where we actually put in quotes um, for like different, um, I know at the time we were putting in quotes for like famous African-American um, authors and just putting things on the wall to say for the kids that, hey, you can shine and this is great and everything for them, for, for them to learn.
0: Yeah, I think that, that all sounds beautiful. I'm so happy that you've done that kind of work. Thank you. I think a lot of people underestimate how going into a school that just looks and feels good really can impact a kid's self-esteem and their confidence and the idea that people believe in them and want them to have a clean, safe environment, (laughs) like how things look, presentation matters, right? um absolutely presentation does. it does so did you have a chance to meet any of the students before or after the projects or it was more about me ma- like maintaining what was in the school
1: um i did i did have a chance so the the, ma- the principal and actually one of the teachers who was heading up the project for the school, um, I actually kept in contact with and we actually went back um, and actually went back and to do another, pro- another uh, project in the winter time um, to just kind of sit here for what they needed to do, they needed to paint. So we didn't actually get to meet any of the children but I know that we had I had gotten a nice um, I got a drawing from one of the um, from one of the students that said thank you so much um, with that and it's like I had I had some great times like great pictures of the things that we did and it just it just warms my heart because it's just it's just like I don't understand we put so much money into other things and for learning where if you could just put that into a learning space for everyone to be able to learn and especially for our children, you know, to be able to do that, it's just, it's just amazing what you can do. And all you just need to do is
0: kind of just say, hey, do you need any help? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, what was one of the biggest transformations you think you saw in one of the schools? Did you take before and after pictures? Um, I didn't take before and
1: after pictures, but I remember running for my team, for the team that I was hosting. I think there was like about 15 of us and we were painting the um, cafeteria, um, which needed, oh my gosh, that was just the amount of paint that we had that day. It was ridiculous but the transformation and as i said i worked with the with the principal and then the principal at the time you know she sent us pictures and i actually sent it to the team and was like this is what it was before because but then afterwards when i after we did the painting and then went back to redo some of the other spots we did they they were just really just happy and then like our team was everybody was just kind of happy and 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 jazzed and ready to go and they're like what's the next project and at the time i was working with a bunch of engineers so as you work with engineers they're already trying to fix everything else that they needed to do so they were trying to add on uh, extra projects as well
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> i'm just imagining them getting all excited about what they can fix
1: <laughs> they, they they were literally trying to like improve desk it, it, it was just like for them coming up with the game plan of what they were trying to do as engineers, it's just mind boggling. I was like, okay, I just, just, we, we, we just need you to paint this. That's all I need you to do. We can do this, but they got creative. They were trying to do that. They were trying to do other things. So it was just great.
0: Well, on that note, what are some of the challenges you've encountered in meeting a team of volunteers?
1: Um, so some of the challenges of leading a team of volunteers is, you know, life happens, you know, things, things happen to where you're not able to go on that day. Um, you know, they just don't feel like it. Stuff has changed. Um, also they may not want to as also some of the team members, you know, may not believe in the project that they want to do. So they just want to sit down and slack. So, (laughs) yes, I've had some several, several individuals that I've had to kind of sit there and nudge and motivate like, come on, we're doing this for the kids, you know, come up with different ways to kind of motivate them to kind of get this done so they can get out of there and we can go to a nice happy hour afterwards, (laughs) you know or you know try to sit there and say hey we we we're, we're going to the pub over here and we're going to just sit there taking photos and you know all of that type of stuff. So those are some of the challenges but even with those challenges it's still at the end result even with some of the difficulties the core thing is everyone is there to help and to be a resource. So that's the main thing. So even if we have some difficulties but It kind of just goes over it and just be like whatever we're all here let's go team go
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a great mentality to have did you ever incur uh did you ever encounter resistance from any of the schools
1: no i didn't did not at all because with new york cares with they they also have many different programs they also do tutoring um, they have many different programs so these particular schools actually there is a waiting list to be on to to be to be part of the program for New York cares day so with a lot of our constraints on budgets a lot of things that's going on I know with the pandemic going on and a lot of children were learning virtually but Now that as things are opening up, people are getting vaccinated, schools are now reopening. So now it's just a matter of we now need to keep them socially distant, but we also need to keep to freshen up the place to welcome all of the children back in. So I definitely feel like there won't be any resistance or not, but the waiting list might be a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that. (laughs) Can you talk about the work you've done for Volunteers of America's Operation Backpack?
1: Uh, another, another, another um, project that is that is near and dear to my heart. Um, so, Volunteers of America for Operation Backpack actually works with um, children and families that are in that are in the New York City um, shelter system. So, you know, every time as we at the start of the school year. Um, everybody, all the kids, they get some type of new backpack or something to get ready for their, for the new course of study for the year. But if as a child who is actually in, who's actually in shelters or that is homeless or their family is homeless, they don't really get that, get the new pencil, pen, backpacks, whatever that they need, because maybe the money that they do have needs to go for other things and not for school supplies. So Operation Backpack, came out of that from Volunteers of America. I actually knew the director of the program. Um, Her name was Rachel Weinstein. And I knew Rachel through, I was working at American Express at the time. And as I said, I was part of the um, employee resource group. So we were doing, so we were picking out our projects and they had done Operation Backpack, I think a couple of years before I had joined, but then they stopped. So had an opportunity, was looking for, for, for a project to do, and I actually connected with Rachel Weinstein. After connecting with Rachel Weinstein and talking to her about the program and, what it, and the impact that it does, that just got the juices and everything rolling, and I was off and running because now to where we were setting goals of making sure that we got or we were filling 100 backpacks for kids um going you know setting up uh individual drives on different floors uh so and and that was the goal
0: yeah so when you manage a project like that you're not just fundraising you actually have to go out and buy the supplies and stuff the backpacks
1: that is correct so that was and also with with that, that's kind of helping towards bring the camaraderie on the team. So in addition to so we would be collect all of the supplies that we would be getting. And as I said, we did floor drives, people would just sit there, I'd have a, a box, put your stuff in there and anything. So then they were actually had a sort day. So the sort day at Volunteers of America it was really in like a big warehouse and it's with other hundreds of people and companies and different companies, and it's just massive amounts of supplies. So I'm participating in putting backpacks together. Now, I know sometimes we've, I actually participated with, with a couple of groups on the particular sort days, but then at other times we actually just decided as a company to say, okay, we're going to fill 50 backpacks. And we're going to focus specifically on kids that are in high schools, um, uh, eighth, seventh, eighth grade, because those types of supplies that they would need are a little bit more expensive. So they'll need electronic, um, you know, scientific calculators. And those things are really hard to come by. So being focused on more of the higher grades or going into high school was actually more of a way to be a little bit more targeted because everyone is really great filling out, you know, the little backpacks for like kindergarten, first, second, third grade. But what's really needed is those backpacks for those individuals that are in high school or, you know, about to go into high school.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Probably too. A lot of people are just thinking of the cute factor They want to sell those little kindergarten backpacks with like the unicorn erasers and the car pencils, that kind of thing. Exactly. I mean, the amounts of
1: um, crayons, (laughs) the boxes of crayons that we would get. And then also we would, I'd also also appeal to other businesses as well um, to kind of say, hey, you know, would you donate 100 notebooks today? Or you know something to kind of sit there and to 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 add to that. So that's something that I did with um, with uh, Rachel and the Volunteers of America. And actually, that's that's another project I've kind of carried with me to every, at every different place I've worked.
0: Wow, that's wonderful. A lot of people can't say that they have volunteered for the same thing, the same cause or organization year after year. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I I definitely um it's it's definitely
1: um a little bit of a a little bit of a passion, you know. Always being that person who wants to help, and you know, to be as a resource, that's what I do. But I just feel that you know everybody, you all, we all need help at some point. So if I'm able to do something to make someone's day a little bit better, then I, I I'm here to I'm I'm here for
0: it. Yeah, for sure. Well, you definitely have a strong interest in education. Do you think you're going to continue doing volunteer work related to schools in North Carolina or shift your focus? How are you feeling? Well, you know, that's a really great question that you're asking, Christine. You
1: know, I think I still will continue with education. But I'm also feeling that, you know, here in North Carolina, so being, in, uh, being someone from Brooklyn, New York, yay, Brooklyn, yeah. um, as I always carry it with me, um, coming here to North Carolina, it's a little different. And, you know, every <laughs> it's a little different. And everyone here is just, they, they're very friendly, and they're always waving and everything else. But everybody's kind of just in their car or in their house that's it. Nobody's really walking the neighborhood. And especially where we live in North Carolina in Concord, we're not in the city. We're kind of like a suburb outside the major city, which is Charlotte, North Carolina. So with my volunteer focus, actually, I mean, I I haven't heard anything as of yet, but I had volunteered for the city of Concord's racial and racial equity committee now, as being someone who's new new especially to the, to the town, um, I just wanted to be able to see if that would be able to kind of put my little stamp on it as well. Um, I've also met some of my neighbors in my, in, in my neighborhood where I live, where I actually found out through some of my neighbors. This was actually the first um, African-American neighborhood that was actually established in Concord, North Carolina. The neighborhood is called Weeks Park. So I've met one of my neighbors who is actually um, working with to get someone elected so we can also work on getting some sidewalks and getting our roads paved. So I've decided to sit there and to try to throw my, my, hat, my, 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 uh, my hat in the ring to sit there and to actually hand out flyers, do something. Um, just want to sit there and be able to, make my, to put my mark on it.